Welcome to another episode of our conversation on Giants in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. I'm Megan and joining me for this series is the bright and twinkling Casey. This episode is going to focus on the four giants of D&D 5th edition that come from space, kind of. Maybe, perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) These are the giants that were published in the controversial Spelljammer box set. Honestly, I didn't even realize that Spelljammer was a thing until I started reading into these. Yeah, Adam told me like a while ago about it. He's like, I have them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh. Here, read these things. I'm like, yeah, there's giants in here. Let's talk about those. All right, well, giants from space may seem a little nuts at first, but when you think about the tripods from the War of the Worlds, the power-up enemies from the most power, from like the most recently Power Rangers movie, like the Celestials from Marvel, not to mention the Gal- Galactus, like, you know? Yeah. Um, and over half of the kaiju monsters we've gotten in movies, there's there's actually quite a bit of a precedent to have, like, you know, alien yeah. monsters, right? Fair. I mean, the Iron Giant was technically a construct, and that's another great example of how a large scope synergizes nicely with the cosmic adventures, yeah. right? Nice. So, before we get started, I want to ask a question. Out of all of the giants that we discussed in the summer... Which one do you think is the most fun as a spacefaring crew of giants? <laughs> oh my Which God. one would you well in space, do you think? <laughs> None of them. None of them. They would all die. They would all hate it. Well, because if you think about the giants, they're all like scavengers. They're hunters. They're... Yeah. They'd be like, we're confined to this. To this small space in this spaceship. I mean, they do get to travel to different worlds. But yeah. like, I don't know. Like... I would like to say the hill giant would be the most, that would probably survive the most, because they would probably be the lackeys of some other type of crew. Like, right. the crew of the crew that are just, like, doing the mundane remedial jobs, and then when they land on a new planet, they're the ones that they send out there to see if they die. Yes. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. They would be, like, the fodder. <laughs> the fodder. <laughs> or ice giants, because it's cold out there. That was the only other thing that yeah. I could think of. Yeah. By ice, I mean frost giants, obviously. But Yes, I know what you meant. Yeah. yeah. They would have, like, the constitution specific for that. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough one. Oh, gee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's try, yeah, because I think storm giants, they would be like, no, this is stupid. Like, I can't rule a kingdom from here. Yeah. Um, stone giants would just be sad because there's not a damn stone on, like, a to ship. Be, to be seen. And, like, <laughs> they might try and battle some sort of, like, Lot. Well, maybe fire giants, because there might be some, like, no, you just said it was ice, mostly. <laughs> yeah, I would, say, I would say frost is the only one, because then that means they can, like, go out and, like, pillage, uh, like, villages from other planets. I feel like that's a thing that they would want to do. Fire giants are like, no, like, I need a forge. Why are you taking yeah. me away from my home forge yeah. and putting me in a, in a plane that I can't do anything in, and I might end up on a planet where there's no forge or there's no fire. Yeah, the right? worst. So, I don't know, I think the only ones that I think that would survive is either just your plain, like, hill giant or your frost giant. Fair. Those are my two. Well played. I'm grasping, so let's go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I got got nothing, Megan. I got nothing to play with you. All right, well, then let's get right into it. Uh, well, actually, before we do, we have a a wine. Casey, do you want to tell us? There's wine, What do we have? Yeah. Yes. All right, um... So, perusing the, the the aisles for something that goes with Spelljammer and Space Giants, we have Space Cats. <laughs> yeah. From France. So, France. Thanks, France, for making this Grenache Rouge. Um, it is called, I'm sorry, those of you that actually speak speak French. And speak the, wine, wine speak. Felicette. That sounded more Italian than anything. You really tried with the um, Italian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
It was the first cat to travel into space. Felicette is dedicated to those who travel that bit further, those who dream and adventure so- and, and adventurous souls. I love it. Very thematic for today's yes. conversation I on space so. giants. Yeah. Crack that sucker open. We nailed open. it today, I think. I think so. I think the fact that it's represented by a cat as well is just like extra awesome. Yeah. There might be some furry rodents that we talk about today. So Furry rodents. <laughs> All right, ma'am. Well, cheers. Cheers. Yeah, it tastes like a red wine. Yeah. Not bad. How pricey was that one? Um, not that bad. It was on sale. I think around around twenty bucks. Phenomenal. That's about our that's about our regular price point. Yeah, yeah. that's where we're going with. Phenomenal. All right. Well, I'm gonna start. Um, I'm gonna talk about the Brexit um, from the booze um, astral menagerie. Um, so to start, these dudes look so fucking badass. If you look at the art, you'll know what I kind of mean. But in the meantime, let me try and describe it for you. Let me give you a visual. I love a good description. So they're considered huge, giant, neutral, evil creatures. They kind of look like those dinosaurs that have the maul on the base of the tail. Like, what are they called? Um, Ankylosaurus, I think is what they're called. Oh my god, well done. Thank you. Um, I'm going to have to Google that later. Someone can come at me in the comments. (laughs) But, like, that's the one that I'm thinking of um, that, like, has the maul. It doesn't have a maul on the back of its tail, but it's, like, scaled that way. Cool. Kind of like an armored armadillo, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Their head is covered in horns, and they have a big, big, big murder mittens um, that carry a great club. Um, in fifth edition, they only hunt alone or in pairs within, uh, dry canyons or desolate wastelands. So I feel like that's where the armadillo look comes from. Yeah. They've almost got like a shell to them, like an exoskeleton. But yeah, they look creepy. Creepy as fuck. Yeah. So very alien-esque, but they look very armored. Um, in previous editions, they were actually thought to be traveling in packs called warbands. Um, but like in fifth edition, they're actually thought to just travel around on their own or in pairs at most. They're also written in other other editions to be um, absolute brutes that believe in strength is the end-all, be-all, and they would um, fight anyone or anything that got in their way and like in their way and enjoy killing their prey like slowly. Ooh, nice. So like torturous and all that kind of stuff. Um, none of this is really written in the fifth edition stat block specifically, but their stats kind of reflect that kind of attitude and minutia for them, right? So let me get into that. So their intelligence is plus one and their wisdom is also, sorry, their intelligence is plus two and their wisdom is plus one, which does mean that they are slightly above average when it comes to their intelligence capabilities. Um, And the intelligence actually comes from the fact that they can actually do psychological magic abilities. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I'll get into that too, but let me break it down. So along with their wisdom and intelligence, they have a strength of plus eight and a constitution of plus six. So clearly built to be a fighter and are a solid, like, um, CR of nine. Yeah. So pretty tough, tough to fight. Tough brutes. Um, they are immune to acid, psychic damage, and being charmed or frightened. Right. And then due to their intelligence, they can speak common and giant. So I know that we've talked a lot in our previous episodes where we found it fun that a lot of giants can only speak giant, which mm-hmm. would be very frustrating when you come up to one. Because of these guys' intelligence, they actually understand the common language. So yeah. you would be able to communicate with them, which I find actually weirdly frightening because they do not look friendly. And then for them to be able to speak at you would be even more frightening. Right. And probably you would naturally not even bother trying with this one if you saw it. Oh, no. If I saw this, I would run. Yeah. I'd be like, fuck that. I'm not fighting an armored, spiked armadillo. <laughs> fuck that. And then the barbarian will go in and try and hack at it, and it will probably just laugh. <laughs> You're not, you're not wrong. Um, so they um, 
they're also immune to acid and psychic damage and against being charmed or frightened. Um, <laughs> they also have what's called Intellect Fortress, which means they add their intelligence mod to their AC, which brings it up to a natural 18. Ooh, yeah. So unarmored, just their own like natural armor, then plus the adding in their um, intelligence mod, um, it's, it's an 18. So I'm like, already they're pretty beefed up, which is frightening as fuck. Yeah, hard to hit. Right? They could also do multi-attack with their great club, which deals mass damage at a close range, or they have an acid breath weapon for a 30-foot cone for distance damage. Okay, I think that's a first. Have we ever had a spewing acid? No. No. There's not a lot of things in this, like, I mean, there are things in the D&D world that spew acid, but not that we've talked about within the giants and no, stuff like that. That's not a, a lot of the giants we talked about had magical capabilities, other than, like, the special ones, like the quintessent and, like, those other, like, big yeah. ones that we talk about, um, or they're specific to their element kind mm-hmm. of thing. Where I feel like these ones are kind of like a weird mishmash of I come from the desert, but I'm going to spew acid in your face. Yeah. So I think that is very alien to me kind of thing. And it gets worse. (laughs) So they also are spellcasters for psionic spells. So they have two spells, which is compulsion and fear, which basically means they can make you do things and they can make you afraid of them. Okay. They also (laughs) have a psionic shield. So three times per day, if they are hit with an attack roll or a magic missile specifically, they can put up a magical barrier that lasts until the end of its next turn. It gives the Braxit a plus five to its AC and prevents magic and prevents magic missile from damaging anything, damaging it. Period. Yeah. Like. So it's like a like a glorified no, not glorified. It's like a fancy shield spell. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, very specific to, like, uh, attack rolls and magic missile. Yeah. So a magic missile, which is supposed to, like, hit. Yeah. Right? It's, it won't hit these. <sighs> that will be so frustrating for spellcasters. And <laughs> Could you like, imagine? Fine, I'll hit you with magic missile. And then it's like, oh, wait a sec. <laughs> <laughs> you actually can't. Yeah. I'm sorry. Whoa, okay. That makes it... Yeah. Yeah. You really have to think about this before you throw this at your party. Your party really has to fuck up <laughs> to have this. Roll onto the battlefield. Well, there's so many different, like, again, there's so many different weight directions you can go with their combat strategy capabilities. Yeah. Right? So speaking of that, out of the things that I listed for their, like, battle capabilities, they have, um, they have their ability to use their great, great, uh, what was it? What did I say? A great, great club. They have an acid breath attack. They have psionic spells they can use. And then they have this magical barrier. Out of those four things, what what's one that, like, speaks out to you for combat? What would you want to use against your team and your party? Okay, so anytime anything's carrying a big weapon, mm-hmm. I think a party's naturally going to think it only does melee. Unless it's a giant and, like, a, ne- a typically looking giant, and you know rocks will be involved. Fair enough. As they do. So I would say... You're going to have them getting into close range because they think, okay, well, it only is going to have this club. Yeah. And the, like, breath weapon, basically. <laughs> Kelsa Breeze! Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you love a good acid breath weapon. Yeah. And when, as a DM, when you go to grab, like, the AoE effect of the cone, it's like, how far away are you? <laughs> That's always the worst. Yeah. Where are you at? Like, what's happening? Yeah. You said you were 25 feet away? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure you are. Yeah. Um, totally. Gotta use that. 
Yeah, I love the psionic spells that they can use. Mm -hmm. Like, I love the fact that they can make the barbarian afraid of them so it runs away and then it uses its breath weapon against it. Oh, yeah. Right? And then I love the fact that, like, with compulsion, I'm just going to quickly look it up so I can make sure that I get it right here. Hold on here. Um, Yeah, that one doesn't come up very often. And it's usually, like, high-level, like, I don't know, wizards or liches or something that try and do that (laughs) Yeah, well, it's a fourth-level spell. Yeah. Um, And it is one action, um, concentration spell, all that good stuff. But, yeah, basically a creature of your choice that you see within range that can hear you must make a wisdom save. Otherwise, it is charmed. And charm basically means that you can basically tell it what to do. Right. Yeah, so until a spell ends, you can use a bonus action on each of your turns to designate a direction that is horizontal to you, kind of that kind of thing. So again, it moves people around the battlefield into position. You really move people into one spot and then use your breath weapon against them. Yeah, totally. And how far is the the cone? The cone itself? Yeah. Uh, Does it have a distance on how far it goes? This sucker is a 30 foot. Yeah. Yeah, ranging yeah. 30 feet. That, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's, yeah. So I, I feel like there's a lot of really good combat things you can use these these ones, and it would be surprising, because they, they would think they're just coming up to, like, an armadillo golem or something, yeah. and then you're going to throw magic spells at it. Yeah. Yeah, it will be a shock and super fun. And they probably will think, like, okay, we just have to hack away at this thing because it looks armored and yeah. beefy. Yeah. But that's not even going to work. No. <laughs> Because it's got a super strong AC. So, the, again, it's it's a CR of 9, so you're not going up at these in Tier 1, obviously. But, like, it, it's going to be a tough battle, especially if you do run up across a pair of them. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm, when I'm talking about, like, so now if we're going to talk about exploration, like, where you would find them. Again, they come, they're in deserts or in caverns or in um, canyons, like, that kind of feel. So I feel like, you know how, like, in our last campaign we were, like, running around a desert? Mm-hmm. I feel like this is where we would have run into one. Yeah. Like, along some cliffs, you... You pick your spot to, like, make camp for the night, and then there's just, like, a little, like, cove around the corner mm-hmm. into the mountain that just comes strolling out of. Yeah, and I feel like you would find their footprints, because they look they look heavy and they look beefy. Right. So I feel like if, like, the wind hasn't been blowing for a while, like, you would find their footprints in the sand or in the rocks or in the stones, or you would see, like, drag marks from their giant fucking mall mace that they've been dragging yes. around for forever, right? Yeah. So, and, like, I, get, I feel like it's a good random encounter that it's, like, do we fight this thing or do we try and sneak away from it? Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Um, for role-playing aspects for these ones, again, they're intelligent creatures. I feel like you would definitely want to play into that as a DM in the fact that, like, you're probably battle smart. You've probably seen a couple of parties of adventurers before mm-hmm. as one of these, and you would kind of know how to navigate around them. And, like, they can be described as hunters. So it's almost like if you were to role-play one, I would scare the shit out of them by speaking at them in giant. Letting them talk to you and, like, trying to figure out that they can't speak giant. And then all of a sudden be like, okay, but by the way, I can speak English. So what do you want? What do you want? (laughs) You know? I feel like there would be a sense of, like, arrogance and intelligence about them. Yeah. Like, they would even be guarding some bridge or something across a deep cavern. Yeah. And just, like fucks with them that way. This is my home, bitches. Yeah, like, pay the toll to pass. All right, well, we're talking about giants, not trolls, but yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. I wait digress. a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> they do look very troll-esque, though, if you look at them. So, but yeah. Yeah, cool. I hadn't heard of these. They sound terrifying and really fun to play with and dangerous. Yeah, like, as I mentioned at the beginning, like, I hadn't read a lot of what was in um, the, the booze book. 
And now that I have, there's a lot of really cool things in there that, like, as weird as they are, would be so much fun to put into a campaign. I think we're just scratching the surface right now, so. Yeah, and especially, like, with, um, like, veteran players who have seen a lot, like the Dans of the world, Mm, that mm -hmm. Adam goes to describe something and in, like, the first sentence he's like, Oh, Oh, I know what that is. (laughs) And we're all like, shut up, Dan. I don't know what it is. I'm never going to know what it is. So I see the photo or the miniature. We're all just here for a good time. <laughs> yes. So these might be some things that stump the players. Shall we say? Yeah. All right. What do you got? All right. The next one. I've got Brog. Brog. Brog? Terrifying. Be Brog. Um, <laughs> I mean, I thought it was terrifying until you talked about Braxat. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's your... Classic, like, giant in imagery, uh, in the loincloth, as they do. Mm-hmm. Um, 15 feet tall, so I was, in the moment, I'm like, I feel like that's like a hill giant. I checked, hill giants are 16, so yes. Around the same as a hill giant, um, so they don't tower like like the elite giants. A little more comparable to that, but they are um, still huge okay. in size. Still considered huge, yeah. Yeah. They are bald on the top, but have long, scraggly hair and um, skin that's like that orangey glow that is like a bit too much, like somebody who's been addicted to a tanning bed, where it's like, oh, oh. <laughs> Love um, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and- I can think of Final Destination where the girl died in like the tanning bed. Like, oh, yeah. Well, Final Destination comes up so much. It really fight. does. I feel like it's just the trauma of our generation is it everything is. that happens in those movies. It is. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for that. Now yeah. I've been able to remember that horrifying scene. You're okay. welcome. <sighs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh, they have generally like a flat face, but pointed ears. So that is kind of an interesting characteristic that we have. We've never really talked about ears. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, yeah, I've heard it look at, like, we get the idea of what their ears look like from the art, and I'm like, yeah, it looks like a a giant's ear. Yeah. You know? Like, just a lumbering, more, like, humanoid style. Yeah. Like, your human style ear. Um, But, yeah, pointed ears. And I guess the most defining characteristic that they have is forearms. (laughs) Well, fuck, Casey. Why don't you leave? You really buried the lead on that one, (laughs) that they have four fucking arms. Yeah. So, given forearms, they are the primary weapon as well. Like, they don't carry any other type of melee weapon. They have forearms. Yeah. Um, and they prefer to hurl rocks or grab onto um, their foes and their targets and just rip them apart. <laughs> so, uh. this one you will want to run up to because it doesn't have any, like, clear weapon. Um, but, yeah. It, it's going to do some damage. Um, I'm sorry. I'm looking up a reference that I have in my brain now. Um, <laughs> Goro from Mortal Kombat is all I can think in my head right now. Oh. So anybody who's a Mortal Kombat fan, I feel like that is what this is. Probably. Goro's like a four. I'm going to show you a picture. This okay. is Goro. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Very much that? Okay. Yeah. Here's the image. Oh, fuck yeah. It's, it's like exactly fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> there, there you go. You go. <laughs> Inspiration given. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Brogs, they prefer to be isolated and just exist on their own, do what they want. Um, But despite that, based on their, their, like, an open alignment, there's, Mm -hmm. it's any alignment is what these creatures can be. That's neat. Um, Yeah, which we don't see. 
Um, like they're open alignment, kind of simple and humble in nature. They they just want to do what they're doing. Don't bother people. Just <laughs> hermit. Later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it makes it pretty easy to bring them into a campaign in a lot of different scenarios. They can potentially be convinced to interact with a party um, with, like, an act of kindness towards it. Mm -hmm. um, And they will actually try to return the favor. So, like, if you go out and you come across one, say it's caught somewhere or it's, like, stuck somewhere and you help it, Mm -hmm. it is going to be, like... It's like the unspoken, like, thank you. Like, I will help you in some yeah, way. Yeah, I owe you my life now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so don't expect it to be a lifelong thing, but they will then, like, return the favor. Um, lots of times, unfortunately, they have are also found in, like, battle arenas because they have forearms. So they can be kind of put into slavery and forced to fight. Big scary groups, um, yeah. Yeah. And so they may say, yes, I'll go do battle because somebody promised them food or something else that they actually wanted to have. Mm-hmm. So it's just, they can be influenced as well, um, which is kind of unfortunate. Yeah. Um, they can also, if for returning a favor or um, if you do have some sort of mutual agreement with them, they could be used for encumbrance, like carrying equipment. Um, I imagine they could even be like convinced to work, say, on your farm. <laughs> I was going to say farm or like on your, if you're in a pirate campaign on your ships. Yeah. Right, pulling the ropes and Where, pulling the sails and stuff like that. Right? Yeah. So if like you're you're giving them something back, they have their own like space, they can actually help you out quite a bit. Yeah, I like that. Um yeah, and remember, like looks scary, but any alignment, um, so you can play it how you want to play it. Um, this is actually the first time this is this creature's come up. Um, it's not really in any other editions. It's only in the booze in, like, 5th edition? Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, apparently it's new. Awesome. Um, yeah, so we have the classic natural armor for this one, mm-hmm. um, AC of 14, so we kind of always go between, I think, 12 and 15, depending on Yeah, depending the on giant their for, squishiness, yeah. Yeah, um, and they don't have the highest, um, like, pool of hit points they're just below 100 Mm -hmm. so maybe a little bit more squishy definitely more squishy than your (laughs) than braxat yeah um and so not necessarily hard to kill but it may not be aggressive towards you either yeah uh because it could just be neutral and be like yeah man what's up yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh yeah i'm just having flat like guardians of the galaxy uh, I don't, I don't oh, know like a, the guy's name, name where he's like, hello, <laughs> the rock, the rock guy. Yes. I, I just watched, I just watched it the other day. Hold on, let me look it up. That just came into my mind. It's like that where you the, expect the unexpected when you actually interact Korg. with him. Yes. Korg. Yeah. <laughs> <Hello>. Good day. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you could do it that, you could play it that way. That would be really funny. I love it. Oh. <laughs> but there's problems with that. I'll get to it. Okay, okay so speed of 40 feet. Shit. So at yeah. the huge, the classic, they can move faster than you. Long stride. Yeah. Yeah. Um, their highest stats are strength and con uh, still, and they're pretty high at plus five for each. Yeah. Um, but that that's their, that's their strength. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and... 
They do not speak a language. Oh, shit. <laughs> so this is where maybe there will be problems with trying oh, to okay. convince them or, yeah. So they use hand signals or grunts to communicate with each other. I would and they would naturally try and do that with, like, anything they're interacting with. I would love if they were, like, the starters of ASL in, like, the D&D world. I thought of that! <laughs> yeah. And just, like, they're the, one, they're the ones that, like, start the language. And then, like, your crew is like, this is fucking awesome. Teach me how you do yes. this. And then your team starts. Like, don't get me wrong. There's thieves can't already. Yes. But, like, that's very specific to one group of folk. Yeah. I feel like this is going to be, like, your actual classic, like, you can speak ASL to each other. Yeah. Which I think would be really cool. Yes, and they have four arms, so yeah. Oh my god, can you imagine doing <laughs> ASL four arms? You're talking so fucking fast. Yes. So, they're, so, they're like, very exciting. Um, yeah. I, like, a kind of a refreshing angle for a brute. Yeah. Um, to have those kind of unique things. Because... Uh, Inevitably, if somebody speaks giant, they're gonna be like, "Yeah," and they'll try it, and there'll there be no response. And they're gonna be like, literally gonna give them the middle finger and be yeah. like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so they are a CR of six. So yeah. you could throw this in a little bit sooner um, if you want. And yeah, there's lots of scenarios. Uh, if you do get on their bad side, though, they have multi attack. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you wouldn't believe it. It's one for each arm. Holy so, fuck. So four <laughs> attacks for this bitch? Yes. Fucking shit. Uh, four attacks and ten foot reach. Holy fuck. <laughs> this is CR6? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, so it would be bad. Um, and they can, alternatively, they can make two ranged attacks with rocks. Of um, course. In As a multi-attack. Yeah. Could, do you think that with their forearms, both like both would be right-handed? Like, if you're right-handed, do you think only you're only like yes. you're not ambidextrous, <laughs> but you can throw with your two right hands? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. imagine like <laughs> winding up both on one side. One side, and yeah. then just yeet, a big like yeeve. Yeah. <laughs> totally. One unique trait they also have is hideous rend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. Uh. This is when it uses all four hands to target a single creature that's within 10 feet of it. Uh, it ha- it, it can be a large or smaller in size to okay. do this. Yeah. Not a huge. Uh, the target must succeed on a DC 16 deck save or be grappled. Oh, love that. Yeah. So grapple, you know, inconvenient. Megan, you know grapple. It's my favorite, <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, Annoying, but grappled, you can still do a bunch of things, usually, uh, while grappled. Except, (laughs) when all four of its arms are otherwise occupied, it can't make any attacks against you. Great. Or anyone else. Mm -hmm. But it then squeezes the target to death. As in, the target has to make that save, or it will take... 8d10 plus 5 bludgeoning damage at the start of each turn. No fucking way. So you essentially have one chance, like your turn, you need to try to escape that grapple. Because if you think, like lots of people think, well, being grappled, I can still like melee attack. I just can't move. No, you're going to want to try to escape this. No, this is bad. This is bad, bad. So if the target HP is reduced to zero, which... I mean, at CR6, I would give you two rounds, maybe, maybe. if you're, like, the barbarian. Yeah. Um, it will rip you into four pieces. <laughs> <laughs> four 
Forearms, four pieces. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So imagine all those horrifying scenes that you've seen in those Roman and Greek movies. Okay, so this is this is Goro from Mortal Kombat. Like this, yes. is, this is this is the finishing move for sure. Holy fuck, that's yeah. Good. Like just wild, considering it has no alignment. You can like try to communicate, but you it will be hard. But they're not just like mean and scary and will come at you. But if they do, you don't you're want so it. screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I was just shocked on that. Oh man. So speaking about so out of all those combat items, would would the squeezing to death be your favorite one? Yeah, it's a favorite, except I would I would play this guy as kind of the benefit of the doubt guy. Yeah. And so it the party would have to really mess up. For me to go there. Yeah. But I would love to see them try. Oh, I would love to have it being like, um, you go to an arena to watch some kind of a combat battle of some kind, right? And like, the first thing you see when you walk through the doors is this thing ripping something into four different pieces. Yeah. That's the first thing you see when you walk through. Oh, yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden it's like the barbarian who's going to be like a part of the sweat is like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I might, I might have a problem. Because we, we played a campaign yes. where we walked into a coliseum. Yep. And there was people battling for their lives, right? Yep. But they were battling, like, like gargantuan things. Like, not just basic things, and that's yes. why we were scared. Yeah. But I can imagine just walking into, like, a regular, like, just for your, like, human entertainment yeah. um, arena, walking in and seeing these things, and seeing multiple of them in there. Yes. It would be so fucking frightening. Yeah. So frightening. Yeah. And then if you go, like, into the back, like area where yeah. they keep all of like the gladiators and the, the fighters, fighters yeah. and then it's sitting against the wall like eating a chunk of meat off a boat or something it's like oh hello <laughs> yeah it's just having lunch you know it's like what's up what's up my guy and it's just like covered in blood and yeah it's like mm. just another day at work like i don't know what's your what's your problem like uh so just, like spin you could do so dark but lighten it, but the, or or just throw it in in a whole different scenario. Right. I can also imagine that if you're in the Coliseum scenario and you end up in battle, if you helped it, oh. like let's say it was trapped by something or something was fighting it, yeah, and you stepped in and saved them. Oh, you yeah. now have a buddy in the call. Mm-hmm. Like you, like as a DM, you would have to role play that and the fact that like this man has now helped me. I owe him a life now. So then you're gonna go like as the DM. Your job is now to save them once because that's the like equal exchange of offers. Yes, right? so. love that. And the fact that they don't speak a language, I think a DM you have to then really force the um, role playing for interaction mm-hmm. with whatever it's in, whichever player it's interacting with. Yeah, and just try and like get that player to understand what's happening. Figure their shit out. Yeah. yeah. Man, those are really awesome. Yeah. I really want to use those. Yeah. <laughs> like, is it not even just in, like, the Coliseum scenario. Like, I feel like because they're so generic and unaligned, you would see them anywhere. Like we have previously discussed, you'd see them on ships pulling sails. You would see them on docks lifting, like, heavy things. Like, and, like four barrels, like a barrel under each arm onto a ship. Working or... in the bar, moving the moving the barrels of wine yeah. around. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you're just going to see them all over town. Like just working and operating, right? Yeah. So, no, I love them. I think they're very generic enough that they're usable, but, like, frightening enough that, like, if you needed to use them to scare your party, you could. Yeah. Good balance. Yes. It's amazing. Cool. 
All right. Well, I'm going to move on to something completely fucking different. Of course. This is a, this is quite the episode. Well, they're very like, again, these are like alien creatures from space. So I feel like you're going to get a good array of items in this episode. So mm. you're welcome, everybody. I'm going to talk about the Mercane. And I'm going to pronounce it that way because technically they are merchants of all things magic items and wares. I'm thinking merchant Mercane. Yeah. Thank um, you for that. Thank you. Um, but because space, they also sell technology. So they sell and buy and move things around, like, and they go from planet to planet, just, like, basically put up their pop-up stand and, like, sell in their shits and their wares, right? <laughs> and the thing is, they look really elegant and rich. Like, they stand only 12 feet tall, so they're not the tallest of the giants we've ever we've spoken about. But they wear long robes and hold their heads up high, literally with an elongated neck and really long fingertips and, like, long feet. Like, everything is very long and elegant. Ah. Hmm. Um, they also have, like, really blue pale skin. So, again, I feel like they look very bougie. Yeah. They basically literally look like they're turning their nose up at you. You know, that's kind of the, the vibe I get from them. And, and as I mentioned, they basically travel around on spell jamming ships um, and go from world to world um, selling their wares. Um, in 5th edition, they travel around alone or with bodyguards. It is actually quite rare to see them in packs or in groups. They are happy to conduct business uh, with just about anyone except those that have slighted other Mercanes in the past. So Merkins can actually connect with each other through te- telepathy and are happy to let each other know who is dangerous and who is not. Cool. So they basically make a, a, a make and keep their own hit list of people that are good and people that are bad. Um, and but bear in mind that if you so yeah, basically bear in mind if you piss one off, it is near impossible to get into its good books again because it's basically now told every other merchant you're in the blacklisted. space that you're blacklisted. <laughs> so you're fucked. Oh, so you'll never get your magical items. You'll never get your shit. Like it's gonna be like a a long standing. Uh, you're gonna have to find that original like m- like Mercane and be like, hey man, like I'm sorry that I offended you. Like whatever, right? Yeah. This is so fun because normally this is just a humanoid whatever kind of like creature. Yeah. You're you're not gonna get uh, any sort of monster or giant or giant like creature. Yeah. So this is cool. I it's, like it. They're really neat. Um, but let's look at some stats. So these blue, tall blue skin versions of elegance are considered large giants that are lawful neutral. They tend to be uncaring in my mind, much like Spock would be very emotionless. So they speak to you as like, you know, like, like you're a person, they don't have any emotions, which is what I feel like could like lead to issues is because you, you come across as emotionless. Your bard is going to want to see some kind of excitement out of you. And then they're just going to piss you off. Right. Um, <laughs> They are very average at everything, but bolstered in intelligence and strength. They do have saving throws in intelligence, wisdom, and charisma, so they would be very hard to fool. Mm. So your bard is not going to be able to swindle things from them. Right. So they're skilled in insight, perception, and persuasion, so let's be real, they are going to be able to swindle you. Cool. That's how I feel about it anyways. Mm -hmm. For languages, they're pretty stacked. They speak common, giant, and as discussed, they have telepathy. telepathy. So the regular telepathy is actually 60 feet, so it can actually speak to you and your brain if it wants to. But it can communicate with other Mercanes no matter how far away they are. Mm. Like across galaxies. Wow. With their telepathy. That's how connected they are with each other. But they could talk to you in your brain if you're 60 feet away. They can also multi-attack with their Psy-imbued blade, uh, which is actually like a uh, plus six to hit and it deals an average of 10 damage. But it also has it also has the ability to make you have to succeed on a wisdom saving throw to not be frightened of them. So if you attack them, they, I, I imagine their their immediate response would be to attack you back with their side blades, so you run away from them. Right. They're, you're not frightened of it, right? Um, they do have some psionic. They are psionic spellcasters, much like the previous one I spoke about. So they can cast um, detect magic and light, 
which in my mind really kind of fits into their whole, like, they collect magical items. Obviously, they're going to be able to detect if something's magical, right? Yeah. And they'll probably want to borrow you for it. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. They're going to see that fucking magical ancestral sword and be like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you want a map of the galaxy? I see what you have there. Can I have this nice, r- real nice number totally. here? Yeah. They can also, once per day, use Dimension Door, Invisibility, and Mage Armor. But the Mage Armor, armor can only be used on itself. Okay. You can't use it on anything else. So I feel like, again, these spells do scream merchant or swindler, shall we say. Because, yeah. like, if they're trying to escape, they're going to go invisible. And they're going to run away. Yeah. They're going to use their mage armor if you're going to start attacking it. And it's going to be like, oh, fuck up. It beefs up its mage armor, and then it goes invisible, and then it dimension doors out. Totally. Like, peace out. Right? Yeah. So and with dimension door, I believe you could bring someone with you at certain levels. Yes. So I can imagine even if it has a bodyguard, it would be like, all right, peace out. Grab this bodyguard, and they, like, they fuck off. Yeah. Right? And it's like... Hundreds of feet dimension door. Yeah, so like, you it's like we'll like, find it. It's like five hundred feet or something like yes. that. Isn't it? Like, yeah, you just be like oh, I'm going back to my ship. Bye. Ooh. Okay, bye. <laughs> so good. This is so clever and very different from what yep. we've talked about over like the course of like again even our summer episodes into like our winter episodes. We've talked about a couple of very different things. This one to me screams extremely different because yes, it is a giant. It, it's it's twelve feet tall. It's a giant of space that has a completely different aura and, like, mm-hmm. nuance to it. It's more of, like, again, it's going to talk to you. It's going to, like, swindle with you. It's going to have a conversation with you. Um, it's going to want to learn about you. And it's going to want to learn about where you've been, where your magical items come from. All these things, mm-hmm. right? So it's one that you are going to be able to converse with. Yeah. So as I mentioned, for combat, I feel like the most it's going to be used its combat for is to escape or to swindle you. Mm-hmm. So, but, like, what do you think? Do you think it would be a, a more of a fighting character? Or do you think that you would fight this if you would come across it um no i think naturally you would do go the bard or your most charismatic character would go in and do its swindling it's like let me i'll i got this do its swindling the classic um the classic bard thing i got this uh and then i think probably assume that if it doesn't go well you can just bring in brute force and like make it happen anyway well, I feel like, as we mentioned, like, they have, they would travel with bodyguards, right? Yeah. So, like, oh, my God. Could you imagine that this thing was traveling around? With, with a brog? With a brog. <laughs> yes! <laughs> it just has a standing there with both. It's, like, like its arms just on its hips. Yeah. Just standing behind him. Oh, my goodness. And I yeah. can't even understand what you're saying, because it's just sitting there just, like, what's happening? Like, yeah. I'm just here to do my job, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my god, that's so cute. That would be good. That would be a good setup. Ugh. And I can just imagine seeing, say, if it's, like, in a merchant stall area, and things are not going the way the party wants. Yeah. Like, you can just have the Mercane, um, kind of, like, just look around the crowd a little bit, and then suddenly you're, you just see these different, like, large monsters moving in. Mm-hmm. And, like, it doesn't make any, it doesn't signal oh the, te- the telepathy yeah yes. it's like making signals and so it's just like giving a heads up to whatever other guards are around or like that are watching out for them in yeah. all of the different merchant tents yeah yeah, yeah. i want to use this I, it's really cool <laughs> and i think like as a good set piece it could be that like you're just traveling around and to your point you're in like a merchant's thing and they're super tall you're gonna see them from a mile away or it was your job to seek one out specifically because you're looking for a specific magical item and you know that these things can have telepathical, like tele- telepath powers mm-hmm. and would be able to find it. Even if this Mercane doesn't have it, you would find out which Mercane does have it. Yeah. And that's what you're swindling for. It's not necessarily the item from this specific one, 
But they're now going to have a swindle of, like, how do I get information out of this one? Ooh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that'd be a really cool set piece. Yeah, like it. And like you said, it doesn't have to be battle at all. No. It, you can f- kind of finally-ish use a giant outside of a battle scenario or yeah. potential combat. It can also, be when you're just going through the town looking for shit to buy. Yeah. And it can be just a quest giver, too. Because it can tell you, like, hey, like, I see that you have that magical amulet around your necklace. Do you know where that comes from? Right. It comes from this place. <laughs> Did you know that if you had the second piece to that, it would do this? <gasps> do you know where that is? It's on this planet. Oh, my if, God, if you ta- And it'd be like, if you take me to that planet, or maybe it doesn't have bodyguards and needs to travel somehow, and it's like, if you take me to that planet... I will show you where that is. Love it. Like, and it'd be an excellent hook, right? Like, I think that'd be like a, and it would be like a side quest of, do we follow this man to find this extra magical item or do we move on with the rest of our lives, right? Yes. So it doesn't have to be like your main storyline kind of character. It can definitely be like a side. Totally. Side quest giver. Yep. Or even a one shot. You could start off a one shot where you're in a merchant's tent and you're, then they offer that. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. So cool. All right, what do you got, Casey? Boy. Oh, boy, Megan. (laughs) I can't can't believe where we're going today. Tell me more. Tell me more. Where are we going? Where are we headed? What is happening? Okay. So, totally random. (laughs) Throw down. Did you ever have a hamster as a pet? (laughs) I did not. My family was not hamster people. No, no, not so much. We had cats right away. Oh, Yeah. yeah, that wouldn't bode well. Yeah, so... I didn't, but my brother did. Okay. Had, you know, like a, the, the two to three year mark of replacing hamsters for a while. Mm. <laughs> they, they don't have the longest lifespan. That's fair. Um, but yeah, so, you know, they're cute. Uh, okay, so we're talking about giant space hamsters. Okay, that's where we're going with this. <laughs> like, where are we headed, Casey? Where are we going? <laughs> Take uh, me there. <laughs> I can't believe it. Why? Okay. Tell me about them. <sighs> They're literally just giant hamsters. Okay. Like the size of a bear. Oh my god. Hamster. Yeah. And still. Oh, this is what you were alluding to when you said furry rodents. Okay. It's all coming together. See, you see okay. what I did Full there? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Go on. <laughs> like adorable still as a bear size. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to be recluse. But can be trained to be ridden or to carry things for you. <gasps> I want a giant hamster mount. mount. That sounds great. Uh, it is said that they were bred by gnomes. Uh, so picture that. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, and they're actually used for like powering their spell jammers or could be used as mounts. But basically like go run on this wheel <laughs> For eight hours, an eight-hour shift. As soon as you and said power <laughs> the spell jamming ships, I was just like, oh my god, they're running on a fucking hamster wheel. Aren't yes, they? yes. Oh and my powering ships. Okay, okay. Uh, and in typical scenarios, they would be found in like the plains or the hills where they can burrow and you know make homes. We love that for themselves. Yeah. But yeah, oh my god, oh my god. How How is this a thing? I shouldn't be surprised. I'm not surprised, surprised at all at this point. Uh, so, Giant Space Hamster does seem to pop up in second edition. So, okay. it's not a brand new thing. Uh, but there's not really any changes in fifth edition with it. Yeah. Uh, they are a large beast and have no alignment. I guess that's my theme for this episode. Unaligned? Yeah. Unaligned. Uh, they... 
have low AC and low HP. I mean, they're just a fluffy little creature. You yes. Know? Yeah. And they will die. So, so don't get attached to your mount if you bring them in combat because... Like any horse or any other mount. Oh my god. They're squishy. Uh, they have a quarter challenge rating. Okay, yeah. This is just like, your, this so, is your classic mount. Yeah. But just super cute. Uh, they don't have any high stats. Like, period. They, yeah. yeah. Okay. They have a speed of 30 feet and they can burrow at a speed of 10 feet. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of imagine these ones, if say suddenly you're in combat, if and it, it just if it can get loose from wherever it is, it's just gonna like stick its head in the dirt and start burrowing. And you're just gonna see like the butt of this giant hamster oh just like God. ah you know, like, just imagine his little nub tail just like Yes ah. and it's just like make it go away. Oh my god. Uh yeah. Uh in if all else fails, they do have a bite attack. Uh, which I feel, yeah, is a last resort. Like, it won't. It won't. No. <laughs> it will be like, I am, I'm disappearing and just shove its face down. Peace and, out. Or like, go in a little ball and burrow in a bush or something. Yeah. Um, but if they have young or if they're threatened, they will protect and, they and will attack. Protect. Yeah. And they do uh, 1d4 plus 2 piercing damage, so. Okay, well. Yeah. Uh, I just cannot believe... Yeah, there's a. It, it's there. It it has stats. It's, so it exists. If, if you, ever, you want, if, if someone's like, "Can I have a giant hamster as a mount?" You'd be like, "Yeah, I know what book to go to." Because Casey <laughs> and Megan talked about this on a giant episode yes. for some fucking reason. Yeah, yeah, and it is possible. I love it. Yeah, I feel like you're right. I would not use this thing in combat. No, I'm also like, did you, did you ever watch the labyrinth? I feel like we've talked about this. Yes, we have. Yeah, and yes, and so like I'm imagining like, ambrosius and mm-hmm. like the like the little dog. That's the mount. Yeah. This is what I'm picturing, but, like, at a larger scale. Yeah. Where it's just, like, a fucking scaredy cat, and well, as soon as, like, battle ensues, it's going to knock you off and, and run, away run away and burrow into a hole somewhere. And then you'd be calling, Ambrosius! <laughs> Ambrosius! <laughs> it's just gone. Yeah. You just see, like, yeah. Peace out. Uh, yeah. Entertaining, but um, don't get attached. <laughs> yeah, it's super entertaining, but it's one of those things that you would get attached to it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're gonna. As soon as you see one of these and you realize that it's, like, neutral or, like, kind to you, you're gonna be like, fuck, I love this thing. Yeah. And, and then us as DMs are gonna be like, I'm gonna kill this. Yeah, it's like, if Hammy dies, we ride. If, Ham- <laughs> if Hammy dies, we ride. <laughs> no, Hammy! <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, from a role-playing aspect, your party is definitely going to get attached to one if they find one. 100%. And you know they're going to. Yes. So it's almost like I would put this in there. Just as for like, that. Just for that. And in oh. fact, they're going to be in a, like a desert somewhere or like traveling across like a forest somewhere. And then they're going to be like, okay, like we need horses. And this like weird planet's going to be like, we don't have horses. We yeah. don't? What do we have? Oh, we've got these, these fucking hamsters over here. And you're like, What? And then your whole team is just riding these fucking hamster mounts, like, through the forest, trying to be serious as fuck, and it's just like, oh my god. It's like this planet's version of chocobos or something. Yeah. Oh, uh, and it could, like, hold your backpack in its cheek. It's like, oh, Let me stop. Get stop it, Casey. I hate it. I hate it. I love it. I hate it. Like, I just, come on. Uh, yeah. Holy shit. All right, well, I think we covered a lot of really random things today. We did. Um, so any final thoughts before we wrap up? What's your favorite one out of all four of these suckers? Uh, they're, they're all so different. They can all be thrown in in so many different scenarios. 
I I think the Braxat's like one of the coolest things. It's one of the cooler ones in the sense where it looks like super vicious. Yeah. And very aggressive. Yeah. Like it's gonna it's gonna come at you with yeah, a vengeance. So it was cool. Um I really love the Borg. Mm-hmm. Bor Borog? Borog. The Brog. The Brog? <laughs> that's what we're doing today. I was gonna call it I said Borg immediately, I'm like shit, that's from Star Trek. <laughs> That's a completely different thing. Let's just nix that. Yeah, sorry. Um, but, no, I really like, the, again, the forearms, I mm-hmm. think, and the fact that they're, they they don't have an alignment and you can really nope. kind of place them into any set piece, I think is just absolutely usable for a DM. Yeah. It's really tough to kind of, like, take one of these monstrosities or, like, one of these, like, evil things and then like, put them in your campaign in a way for your team to interact with them in a different way. And, again, because they don't have a language mm-hmm. and they just, like, make noises and, like, sign language at you. Um, that's going to be a really interesting interaction to not piss it off. Because you're going to be like, this thing is probably going to kill me. Yeah. Right? So I just, I love those ones. Yeah, presents new challenges. It absolutely does. I love it. I love it. But then again, I also love the imagery of riding a group of hamsters across the <laughs> desert. Just saying. <laughs> so that's all for this giant winter special episode on Braxits, Borogs. <laughs> Merkins and hamsters, apparently. So stay stu- stay tuned next week when we return to more standard Forgotten Realms lore and look at some of the more magical options in the bottom rungs of the Ordning. Thanks for listening to this special episode of It's a Minute Podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com. And if you'd like to discuss what you've heard here today, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and at r slash itsamimic. For other episodes on other kinds of monsters, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. to be a miniature giant hamster, pet and companion to Rashini Ranger Minsk. Okay. So, <laughs> why? Why? This is just from somebody's fucking brain, you know what I mean? <laughs> this is somebody's, like, fucking fever nightmare. Minsk insists Boo is intelligent and thus is a miniature giant space hamster. Of course. So, take the small one, make it big, then make it small again, but it's not the same. Fair. <laughs> following yeah <laughs> and it's it's important to note that minsk minsk uh convinced himself of this that they are comrades and that he is a miniature giant space hamster after a massive head injury phenomenal so, yikes a <laughs> big yike <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what the hell is a miniature giant space hamster you might ask it's a variant on the giant space hammer. What the fuck? Um, it has been miniaturized back to the normal size of a normal hamster, said to be done by wizards. Mm-hmm. But unlike giant space hamsters, they have some at- intelligence and telepathy. Telepathy? Fuck It's yeah. coming back. So... Due to their size, they're a normal hamster size, mm. they are basically used as pets. 
Yeah. Um, they're called a tiny monstrosity. <laughs> neutral, neutral, good. Again, yeah. no, like no challenge, quarter half challenge quarter. rating. Yeah. Um, and but they have more intelligence than the giant space hamster and more dexterous. Okay. Tiny, wriggly, makes sense. A little quicker on their feet. Yep. And they have an ability called go for the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I like how it sounds already. Uh, so it does have a, a recharge that it needs, but it's a melee attack plus seven to hit, and it does one d six plus five a piercing damage. Target must succeed on a DC fifteen dex save or be blinded until the start of the hamster's next turn. Fuck yeah, so, vicious as fuck. <laughs> yes, um, it also has a bonus action ability, um, escape, which it can take the dash or disengage action. Um, so it, the telepathy range is five feet. So yeah. essentially you acquire this pet, you can talk to it. Only oh, yeah, and it can talk to you and that's it. <laughs> and as soon as it falls out of your backpack, you can't hear it anymore. As if you can't even find it. You know what I mean? You don't have to find your phone on your hamster because you can only do it within five feet. Oh my gosh. Oh, I just man. cannot believe it. But yes, it's a thing. And I love that. Well, yeah. well, do you think Boo is actually a miniature giant space hamster, or is he just like a hamster? Boo, in particular, no, he's just a fucking hamster. But like he, <laughs> he, he has telepathy <laughs> <laughs> to a crazy person with a head injury. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Actually, go ahead, run. Correct to a crazy person with a head injury. You are correct. It it's just I mean... a hamster. <laughs> Just talking to himself. Yeah. Oh my god. Where? What happened to us I don't, today? We, died, we went from giants to miniature hamsters that talk to you in your sleep. That's what we went to. Oh goodness. Yeah. What a great time. Yeah. Like very clever. Oh, I'm gonna turn off that noise. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. How professional of me. Oh, oh god. <laughs> Uh, it's Adam sending you a message. It's 100% Adam sending a message. <laughs> Just give me a second. That's Discord. <laughs> Let me close Discord off this sucker. It, it is actually Adam. <laughs> so I'm going to quit out of Discord to shut that up. Fantastic. <laughs> Go away, Adam. <laughs> also, it is Adam that's editing them, so... <laughs> Oh, oh, boy. Lucky him. Yeah, sorry about that, good sir. All <laughs> sorry right. about last episode. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.